Give me the green light. Give me just one night. I'm ready to go right now. I'm ready to go right now. I'm ready to go. everybody to episode 82 of the green light podcast poc ephrase back at it and we let's jump in man uh we're jumping into the supreme court uh a pretty a very important decision um supreme literally today supreme court ruled unanimously in favor of college athletes on monday in the case of ncaa versus alston uh which was started in 2014 uh, originally brought in 2014 by plaintiff class led by former West Virginia University running back, I believe it's Sean Alston. Um, so really interesting, man. Obviously uh, a, a big, a bad day for the NCAA. Um, a good day for everything that's happening with NIL and student athletes. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I, I'm not super surprised. I think this is obviously good and the winds are moving this way. Um, I think the NCAA is in for a world of hurt, though, because this opens up a lot. I mean, first of all, I can't believe this has been in the courts for seven years. Um, but this opens up a lot of other players to essentially do the same thing, depending. Now, look, I'm not going to sit here and try and um, understand the entire legal system. There's going to be like a NCAA literally already came out and they're like, yeah, we're going to appeal like whatever. We can still make our own rules or whatever. Um, but still. A, a pretty big day for all the people that are and have been fighting for players, college athletes to be able to make money on their NIL and, and basically just earn more money while in college. Yeah, no. And, and uh, I think the biggest thing is it's starting to all these little things and these people are actually taking to the courts and taking to actual legal proceedings to unravel essentially the loose rules and regulations that the NCAA has tried to create and enforce. And we've talked about this even on, in terms of the, it's ironic that a college basketball podcast, we feel like we've talked so much about FBI and court rulings and laws as much as we do what's actually happening on the court, but it's the same exact thing when we talk about the cases in terms of um, everything that went down with obviously all the shoe companies and, Obviously, the FBI really were the only ones that had the power to investigate. The NCAA doesn't even have real investigative powers. And it's kind of the same idea where their rules, their regulations, they're so loose and they are so, I think, thinly tied together that really now that there's a coordinated effort to make sure that this is fair, this is equitable, that players are being treated the right way um, and their rights are being protected is going through actual U.S. legal proceedings um, that we're actually getting to some, hopefully some positive, some good and, and some fairness out of it. Yeah, man. I think what's important here is the ruling itself. Um, I'm reading an article from front office sports. The ruling itself centers on whether the ninth circuit court correctly applied the test to see whether an organization violated the Sherman antitrust act. The Supreme Court affirmed that the lower court did this properly and systemically took down the NCAA's arguments one by one. I think that was super interesting. And it also, like we said, it opens the NCAA up 
to further play, like uh, other players, other former athletes to bring this, you know, bring a case, you know? And I think that's, that's the scary part. Like, look, man, I actually think if I were, if we were going to bet, you know, by 2027, 2028, let's just say 2030, like I, the NCAA has to look like a shell of itself. Like it just has to, no, I mean, no industry, no business model, no sport has gone longer without a major reform. I mean, right. I don't know. Is that a, yeah. I, I don't know. Let's, the NFL is always changing. They're always changing rules. They're always looking to like, let's add a game. Let's go play in London, right? Like they're always doing something. The NBA too, yeah. they test things out. I, I guess MLB has been pretty stagnant, but you wouldn't know more than me. Yeah, but even then like MLB right now, they're playing like extra yeah. inning game. They're playing double headers. They're changing to seven innings and they're yeah. playing extra inning games that a runner starting on second base because, and now that's, that's different because you're protecting what's on, on happening on the court, but in a different way, it's, it is such an, old antiquated system that's been created and really to protect the interest of the NCAA, not to protect the interest of the actual student athletes. And it's taken a really long time to get to this point. Um, but I, I think honestly, like, I, I think all this was probably inevitable. Um, I think we could probably, we've seen over the years, the tides have been turning the vocal uh, I would say the vocal majority is definitely in players' favors, I would assume. I think maybe it's probably shifted. I don't know if you would said, have said that like 10 years ago. I don't know if no. you said it to everyone because I think a lot of like, oh, they're getting free education. Yeah, and, no. and just like a lot of things. I mean, you look at a lot of things in society, but um, you look at like gambling, marijuana, like things that like have largely shifted. And not to put that in comparison, I don't mean completely say it's an apples to apples type argument, but I think it's something where we realize like, Okay, this is if it's hurting anybody. If anyone's being hurt by this, it is the athletes. It's not the like the NCAA um, is not being hurt. But if it is what seems fair, yeah, the the ones that are going to be hurt by me is the NCAA because they're not going to be making the same money and they're not going to be able to um, enforce ex exactly how they want to operate. So yep. it'll be interesting to see how this changes. Once again, with all these, the dynamics of every sport not just basketball not just football how does this affect how an athletic department operates if the rules that the ncaa has put into place are not going to exist as we've known them historically yeah i uh i think i'll close on this um which you know we don't need to get into the politics on it but justice uh brett kavanaugh he yeah. wrote it, one of his quotes from the actual hearing was the NCAA's business model would be flatly illegal in almost any other industry in America. Yeah. Close quote, right? Like we've been saying that for a long time. Again, like you mentioned, things in society, things in the world, especially things that have been so successful for so long and college basketball has, it takes time to change. So you know, again, is it going to be another five to 10 years before the NCAA is legally forced to change? Maybe, but the NIL is, is fast forwarding that timeline without yeah, a doubt. Because it's, only, yeah. it's, it's, is it only in 19 states? I thought I read that this morning. So, yeah, it's not, it's not fully across the board yet. But. Not a ton. So 19 states have approved it, but you got to imagine that the coaches, the athletic directors, even the school presidents, in the other states that haven't been approved 
are hearing it from their coaches because it's a, it's a, it's going to be a competitive advantage. You know, if all of a sudden North Carolina has it, South Carolina doesn't, whatever, uh, that's a big deal, right? That's a big deal. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, man. Uh, yeah. It's just, I think the, um, the other thing, and I just want to expand on, I think Kavanaugh's quote is, is perfect. Exactly. It's illegal in almost any industry in America. And it, one of the things that what one of the the NCAA attorney Seth Waxman said, made the argument that the NCAA had a right to define its business model. He said because fans prefer watching unpaid players, which I, I don't know. Like once again, maybe yet way back. Like also, I remember how how unbelievable is. I, I think that argument can be debunked just by saying the 1992 Dream Team. Like we had been unpaid, like amateurs that were playing on the U.S. Olympic basketball team, and the '92 Dream Team, when NBA players start playing, it was the greatest team ever assembled, and really, you know, like, changed the sport. And that was so, NCAA. One of their arguments is that was the- that fans prefer watching unpaid players, uh, and that was the right. So Kavanaugh said, dismantled this logic, writing that all the restaurants in a region cannot come together to cut cooks' wages on the theory that customers prefer to eat food from low-paid cooks. Hospitals cannot, hospitals cannot agree to cap nurses' income in order to create a purer form of helping the sick. Price-fixing labor is price-fixing labor. Yeah, it is not clear how the NCAA can legally defend its remaining compensation rules, and the NCAA is not above the law. So I think if anything, I don't think we're not seeing an immediate, because like we said, it's not going to be an immediate change. Like, hey, like floodgates are open. But I think what this does, obviously, it recognizes that this is not going to go on for an eternity and that obviously the highest court in the land and the highest has um, a, a full branch of government has now um, come to the conclusion that, yeah, that this is not in line with our, 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 const- I say our constitution, our policies, our, our laws. So um, it, it's a, I would say it's a step in the right direction. It, it's just more of they've finally been called out not just by you, me, any, every Jimmy and Joe on Twitter, they've actually been called out by the Supreme court that their business model and how they operate is, is, is wrong. Yeah. Support for the green light podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below the waist grooming champions of the world. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped just launched their fourth generation trimmer, the lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, the 4.0. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code greenlight at manscaped.com. Listen, fellas, we've all been there. We've tried to trim down there using a million different things. Stop it. Go with Manscaped. It's the easiest one. Your balls will thank you. Again, 20% off, free shipping with the code green light at manscaped.com. Um, all right. Well, let's jump into two game sevens. I mean, you know, say what you will about uh, the NBA playoffs. Some people have been complaining that some of the star power has been lacking and, you know, no, none of the big guys are going to be in the finals, whatever. We got two game sevens in the Eastern um, conference, which has been fantastic. So let's start with the nets, man. I, um, I am kind of shocked that they lost. Like I actually really believe Durant was going to pull it off. Um, and he, I mean, he's an air ball away, but it, I don't even know really where to begin. I think, 
I'm not gonna. We, we can't do the injury game, dude. We really can't. I don't even. I don't want to do that. Like, yeah, they got hurt. That shit happens. You, could you imagine what the what Skip Bayless and all those idiots would be saying if this was LeBron? Like, he blew yeah. it. He can't carry a team. We're not here to do that. I'm just saying, it sucks that they really kind of got the rug pulled out from under him. Harden was awful. Yeah, I, I think that was the biggest thing because. One thing, and they talk, I never talk about this on New York Sports Talk Radio this morning. It's like when you invest in Kyrie Irving, now granted, it was a freak kind of kind of freak accident you can't really protect him from, but you are investing in an injury prone player. Like, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Like, there's there's no, I mean, no mistake. Harder to Duke, man. He's literally every, it seems like every year there's always another issue. And, and this is like, I get it's a sprained ankle, is what it is, but like all season, like they barely have played together all season for injuries or whatever it may be. Now they, now they also bet on Kevin Durant coming off an Achilles injury and they hit on that. And like, he's come back and he's shown that he is, in my opinion, I think already solidified himself as a top 10 player in history. I think he's the best score of our generation. Which dude, I, I don't think we like really talk about him coming back from that Achilles injury and how good he still is. Like he didn't drop at all. He can get any shot he wants at any point in time. He can shoot over and get to the rim. He can, and now Grant, like, I say this, and that obviously the very last shot sucked, and, and, and it was brutal to watch. And I wish they could have got someone else. But Harden is the one – Harden always plays, and that really did limit him because he was a shell – I don't even say a shell of himself. It was barely out there, um, just as really fully on full on decoy mode. And it sucks because my Joe Harris is my guy. Joe Harris is – I absolutely love And he didn't show up. He didn't show up in a lot of these playoff games. Now, if he hits that three when they're up two, that changed the narrative? Probably. Um, I don't want to say something. Oh, that's that's not, but we, we, I also don't want to put the fate of a team that literally has three of the best tens players in the league on Joe Harris making one three or not. Um, and so it, it sucks. Like, I, I think Drew Holiday is not getting enough credit for the defense that he did play on, on Durant at the very end, who Drew did not have a good game. and But still – I think, and JJ Reddick said this all the time on his spot. Like, Drew is the most versatile defender in the league. Yeah. Probably, maybe you could say best defender, most versatile, and he doesn't get a credit for how good he is. And the funniest thing, now my wife was watching this game and just could not believe that in overtime, now there was no scoring back and forth. Milwaukee was switching everything. They were mucking it up. They're making them take tough shots. There were offensive rebounds being scraped. I'm like, that's just kind of how these games have turned into being. And, and it's just, you have to find a way to make plays and give Milwaukee credit because they do have a lot of length. They have a lot of versatility of different guys that can switch on different dudes and they can play different matchups um, where and defensively, like they just, and they were, they were tougher. They were able, they were able to make more plays in that quick little um, five minute span um, than, than Brooklyn was. Yeah, I the two things I have is how quickly did the narrative flip? How the whole oh. world was like going back to like game threes and three and four. Giannis is a bum. I can't believe we thought he was this good. Uh, he's not the next guy. You know all this stuff. And now look, like he 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 got some help, right? I mean, two of the three best players on the other team were hurt, so he got some help. And I'm not like crowning him or anything. It's just crazy to hear that narrative really switch. So that was really interesting to see. And then um, uh, why? Why, man? They cleared out the whole side. Durant, just go to the right. 
just go to the right. It was there was nobody there. Like I listen, the first shot that he took with the, the literally the spin to the three point line fadeaway is like you it, you could give anybody that shot a hundred times. They're making yeah. it ten, maybe five out of a hundred. Like. So he did it. He made it. And we know he can make it. But I can't believe he settled for it again. Like, something, man. Something. Really, really, really tough. Because at the end of the day, I mean, it's one where I've done a 180 on Kevin. Like, I I respect him always, but I couldn't stand him. I've, like, embraced the fact. Now that he's embraced, he has embraced being a Twitter troll, I actually kind of love it. Because, like, I actually – I love Kate. And I I really wanted to see – um, them them go away and 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 Grant like maybe it's I don't want to say Milwaukee's boring I don't want to say now and we'll obviously get into Atlanta like it just doesn't have the allure that like KD now like like literally putting the team on his back which because everyone wants to knock him for joining the Warriors and being part of a super team even though he clearly was like the MVP of both of those finals and they won and like his three in that Golden State series against Cleveland was what propelled them forward and, and what got that done. I don't I, I don't think he needs to lead him by himself, but this would have, I think, the, the worst part, I guess the best way for me to sum it up is the worst part for me is that three that he hit to, or the almost three, the two oh. he hit in regulation, is now not going to have the same or anything. Like that was, could have been an absolutely iconic shot. And I, I oh. couldn't believe he hit that. And it's it was so deflating to be like, well, that as great as that shot was and as great of a performance as he's put on and he has been, it just, it ends just like that. Yeah. Yeah. That was tough, man. That was tough to watch. Um, I also just want to make a general point before we switch to the 76ers uh, series with the Hawks. I listen, man, I believe that the NBA coaches are the best coaches in the world. I believe that, but I believe that they don't do a damn thing with under two minutes to go. I also believe that to be true. They didn't do, dude, I need to go back. I, I think you still have access to Synergy. I really need to go do it. And we need to just put it on as just um, clips on Instagram. So everyone can just slide and watch. They didn't do anything, neither team, nothing. Absolutely nothing, dude. Like ISO would even be giving them credit because really what they did was they inbounded the ball to Kevin Durant and everyone moved, and they let him do whatever they want. Same with, like, Giannis or with um, Middleton. Like, maybe a ball screen. It's just, like, infuriating. You have all these great players, all these good concepts, all these good screening actions that you do all game, and then you just abandon it. It, doesn't, it really doesn't make sense. And that's that's exactly what I mean, Kelly was saying when she was watching. She was like, this is, like, what is – she was just yelling at TV, like, score, like, do something. Because it, it's like you just abandon everything. Could we, could we not run something to get Kevin Durant the ball not 35 feet from the basket where he has to create and he's going to draw all this attention? Like, could we not give him the ball at the elbow at the least where he could literally just turn and shoot? It's infuriating. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, okay. So- he's done well in terms of basketball strategy and figure out what you do. The Philadelphia 76ers. And before we get in, I, I, I just want to ask you one question. Is, is the process over? If you had a yes or no question, if you can, would you say is the process over? I'm going to say yes with a comma, and I'm going to say not for Embiid, but for Ben Simmons. They they're moving Ben Simmons, bro. But I mean, I, this I, is the question: 
who takes Ben Simmons and who wants a player right now that is giving up dunks on Trey Young. That was down to one of the most what I'm sitting there and grand like I I, I wasn't like gambling. Like he was like, yo, I need I I got money. It looked like he was gambling on it. Like his I, stats in the fourth quarter of these games are like I, I just can't I can't fathom. I don't understand how we've gotten to a point where a number one pick, a dub generational type player, is literally going like 0 for 1, 0, 0 for 0, like taking – I think it was he took three shots in the fourth quarter of like last week. It's, it's absolutely unbelievable. Um, that yeah. it, like we, the, And the crazy thing about it is that, Mil- or that Philadelphia already went through this with Markel Fultz. I know. You know. I know. How – and, and honestly, like you, you talk about all these guys, they've had so many picks. They had, they took Simmons one, they took Fultz one. Um, Embiid, honestly, who had probably the most red flags of anyone they've drafted, is the one they've hit on the best. Um, they obviously, you look like obviously hindsight's 2020. They trade away like the third to get Fultz when they could have taken Jason Tatum, which that, I mean, and, and you look at. I don't even know who went after Simmons and Adrian, but obviously Simmons was a clear mark pick, but the same with the Cavs. I mean, the Cavs had missed on Deion Waiters. The Cavs missed on Anthony Bennett. It's, it's like they got lucky. They hit on Kyrie um, and, and, and they hit on, and they took Andrew Wiggins that they ended up trading to get it. Kevin Love, but it's kind of sad almost to watch. It's like you, if, to think of the fans, you've been through that entire process. I run, I didn't even mean to say process there, but you've literally gone through that, all of this to then just get to a point where, okay, there is no way that this can continue to operate like this with Ben Simmons. Yeah. I would just, I, an old adage, man, like if, if they can't shoot, don't recruit, that's the same shit in uh, NBA dude. Like it, and I'll say that with, I would say the easiest thing to improve as a basketball player is ball handling. That's what I will say. Second to me is shooting because it's just reps, right? Like you can't get, well, I guess you can a little, but you can't just get more athletic. Like you just, you can't just like, yeah, you can maybe work on your, you can do some squats and build your legs, maybe get like another couple inches. You can't, but you can't just like turn a non-athlete into just a full blown like freak. That's just not how the world works. You can't necessarily really improve your lateral quickness. Can you improve it a little? Yeah, sure. But not really. Like if you're slow, you're just, that's where you're at. Ball handling, shooting. Yeah. Two things that you and can he has, And the other thing that you can't teach is intangible. Like he has the intangibles. He has the feel. He has, he has the feel. He has the athleticism. Oh, I, I, well, I say that. I, I take myself back. He has the feel in terms of, I feel like, Passing and distributing. Passing is one of those things that, like, yeah, you can work on the fundamentals of passing, but like, you're either like a Magic Johnson type or you're just a, you're, you're not right. Like, there's only like LeBron certain players. Is, that. LeBron's feel is, is, is unmatched. And I think that's one of the most underrated parts of LeBron's game is like his feel, his understanding. 100%. And I think Simmons almost like over, like, has that, like, there's like two, he's just gone overboard with that of like, he has to like make like it, it can't be a scoring play. Like he just wants to be the guy to make the pass and to make that. And I don't know where that's going. Like it, it, I always like defended. Like I thought if he put the right pieces around them, that like it could work. And I thought, oh my, I thought Doc Rivers would be such a great. I thought Doc would be able to be 
Um, or like, I think if you had shooters, if you had guys, like you can find a way to make it work. I mean, shoot, look at Jan, like Giannis can't shoot. Jan doesn't like, shouldn't be shooting. Like they don't have, I mean, Chris Middleton is obviously a great shooter. They, they, they work around that and they found ways and they make it work. It's not, Giannis is not LeBron and that you can, you've every single level of that game. So it, it shows you can win, but being like, it's so disappointing because I, I don't know. I, I, I would be absolutely, I was like disheartened for Philly fans. Dude. And, yeah. I, I'm happy you said that. Cause that brought it. So first of all, Trey Young had an awful game, his worst game in the oh. series. He was like three for 15 or something terrible. And then Kevin freaking Herter. Uh, out of nowhere just starts – I mean, well, I won't say out of nowhere. I think he had like 15 and 20 in games one and two, so solid. But, I mean, damn, you know. And I, I want to – look, again, I this is a pro coaches podcast. Like, Doc Rivers has an NBA championship, like clearly one of the best coaches in the world. Why is Seth Curry guarding Kevin Herter over and over and over again getting dominated? Offensive rebounds, offensive or uh, defensive fouls, and ones getting lit up on screens. I mean, dude, put someone else on him. Like the whole fourth quarter, this guy was on him. I, was, I, I don't know, man. I, the lack yeah, of adjustment. I mean, if you look at Doc's recent play, I know he's got his chip and he'll always go at it, but some shows like his recent playoff history and streak is not very good. And that quote now coming up, resurfacing about Ty Lue and Paul George. Oh, yeah. Ty Lue was sitting right next to me. I mean, that's, that's classic. Classic. It really is, but, but I don't. If and then last, I'll touch on it because we talk about, and I think the last thing I want to talk about too is it is tough. I know in LA he took on. I mean, Doc took on a lot of responsibility. And I, I don't know if he's not the GM now, but like he got in his basketball ops side, he got into player decisions, and he got into the front office side. And now we this is a little obviously it's a little old news, but we obviously last episode wanted to dedicate it to Coach K, Brad Stevens stepping out of the coaching chair, getting into those personnel decisions, which to me and my take on I was I'm I was more surprised by that than I was by Coach K retiring. If that says anything. I just think of Brad Stevens as like a coach. Like he's a he is he's a coach through and through. I don't see him as like I mean we're in the age of like the Lakers have like Rob Palenko's a an agent turned GM. And we have guys that are like James Jones goes immediately from playing into the GM spot. I don't think of Brad Stevens as a guy that's like, I'm going to be the salary cap expert and tinker and that. And so that was shocking to me. Um, and I'm curious what your thoughts are when that, obviously it was not the biggest news of the day for you, but I'm curious what, what your thoughts are on that and, and the Celtics and where they go from here too. Yeah, I did kind of feel like it was out of nowhere, though. And maybe just Danny Ainge had had run its course in Boston, right? And, um, I mean, look, he, he's done a ridiculous job there. Um, has been there maybe 15 years now. I think he took over in, like, the mid-2000s. Mm -hmm. um, so he's done a ridiculous job. I, I did – it's a very peculiar move because there's there, there was no rumblings of it. It was completely out of left field. And – like you said, Brad Stevens is one of the best coaches in the world. And there, it wasn't like two years ago, he, he said something in a quote that kind of like started the little breadcrumb trail of like, Oh shit, he may take over for Danny Ainge at some point, or, you know, I'm getting tired of the coaching game. I may try and look into be a GM here. Nothing. There was nothing like that. Um, so yeah, man, I don't know. I, I don't know what prompted it. I don't know if that was like ownership saying, 
hey, we want Brad to take this part because then like that's like rarely the case. It's one thing for Danny Ainge to just be done and then they go hire someone else and let Brad keep coaching. But yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I feel like maybe in six to 12 months, we may hear something that maybe the two of them, like it was like one of the two, maybe Brad Stevens was like, hey, look, like I don't agree with the direction and like this is what I want or I'm walking. Um, yeah. Or, or the other way, I, you know, I, I can't see Danny Ainge wanting to get rid of Brad Stevens. I really can only see it that first way, but I don't know, man. It was weird. It, it is odd. And I just, it, it's weird. And it's like Kemba. His it, first move. Immediately, like, I'm, it, like very, very quickly. Um, and Kemba must have not, I mean, we, you know, there was- attached a first round draft pick with his kind of like that. And I don't know if that was a Brad doesn't believe in Kimba or if that is a Kimba was just very unhappy. I don't know what exactly that, 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 that amounts to, but for me, I, I, I look at this and I don't think you, you're obviously your core is Jalen Brown and um, Jason Tatum. But if you don't have a point, like who, like Marcus Smart's not your point guard and you look at all the, look at the teams right now. The last four teams that are, I guess, well, I guess you can take away the, uh, the Clippers don't have like an elite point guard, but the Suns, I mean, with Chris Paul, you look at Trey Young with the Hawks, you look at Drew, I guess you can even put as in, in that spot. Like, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know what they can do to get without Kimba. I don't know what they can do to get them over the hump. If it's just going to be a new coach and removing Kimba and then, drafting someone I, I don't know what the direction is but obviously brad stevens is now going to be leading that charge um I, it'll be interesting to see who they hire um well actually last thing a topic i, I did want to uh, bring up and we didn't even prep this at all but if you saw us the one of the finalists for the portland trailblazers job is becky hammond um first time first time a female is a finalist i think i don't know if there are more besides the two i know it's been confirmed that chauncey billups and Becky Hammond are finalists and they're coming back for others, which, um, That's dope. which would, would, would be pretty incredible. When you think about, um, I was at landscape basketball and, um, I don't know if that would be the ideal situation. I'd want her starting with all the uncertainty because there's probably no more, players, more uncertainty than Damian Lillard right now. Um, now I'm not saying Damian Lillard, TJ McCollum, those guys aren't mature or wouldn't be able to handle that. But I think, I mean, Damian Lillard is probably the next guy you'd say would be the disgruntled superstar that's like next to go. I mean, Knicks fans are literally been making photoshops for weeks yeah. um, trying to get him to New York. So I uh, did want to know that. I mean, that would be pretty incredible. The other thing that I did see thrown out there that I would love is um, uh, Carol Lawson, the Duke women's coach, um, spent a lot of time obviously, in Boston. Um, I think that would be a pretty, a pretty incredible um, – possibility as well I, I don't think they would go that route but um yeah it, it's it's going to be interesting one just to play on the court in these these finals uh be raised that you've got these conference finals and and obviously probably the one league of all the major sports where the off season is just as interesting if not more than uh than, than the actual regular season so yeah, honestly it probably that probably is the only league where it is just constant movement now every year. And we just didn't, we didn't even talk about Al Horford just returning to the Celtics. It's like, like I, that, that trade, I don't know. I don't know if I understand that trade yet. It's the money move. I mean, it's a money. It's yeah. they, they attached a first round pick to take off whatever it was like $18 million of Kimba's contract, I guess, in the next couple yeah. of years. Yeah. Get Horford's, still getting, Horford's still getting a ton of money. 
it, it's just they're trying to get cap space, and I don't know for who, I don't know for what. Um, well, they only they only have one draft pick in this year's draft, and it's a second rounder now. So, and Oklahoma City has every pick in the entire like next decade, every other pick. Like it's just, I, I the, my favorite meme, or I keep seeing it circulating all the times. I don't know if it's a TikTok or Vine, or it's just me like realizing it's, it's me me as a Thunder fan realizing that um, my my sports fandom relies on the current sixth graders in, in the U.S. And I mean, it it, yeah. it pretty much is like they are just accumulating draft picks to eventually contend in probably seven to 10 years. Yeah. It's brutal. Uh, but, all right, man. Well, that was good. Good. stuff. Fun, time. fun times. I mean, I hope that Chris Paul comes back and honestly, I, who, who, who is, what would you say? Who would be your pick? One, who, who do you want to win? And who do you think is going to win? Um, I honestly, want. I don't have a one. I really, well, I'll say, I'll say Chris Paul. Yeah. I'll, I'll I, I, I want Phoenix to win. Um, I honestly, yeah, I, I, I would I, love to see the Suns, dude. Like D book, like Suns and four guy. Like that's been amazing to follow. Like that would be super cool. I will say this about the remaining teams, though. There was some stat that Reddick read on his pod. Like no, half the teams have never won a championship. The other half haven't won in like twenty years. So like it is going to be a pretty historic moment, no matter who wins, which is actually pretty cool. I know everyone is always looking for like the rivalry and they want LeBron in it or, you know, the Lakers or whatever, but this is actually pretty cool that we get to see some franchises that haven't done it in a while. It is. And I mean, we'll see because it's, it's going to be really, really interesting with obviously Chris Paul. I mean, they were already up one, nothing. Um, I, it, everyone doubted Atlanta in the last series. I, I, I still don't think they can, but the most interesting thing to me is the leap that, Phoenix and Atlanta have both taken in, in, in a year. So this is what Trey Young's third year, I believe. Yeah. Third year for Trey Young. Um, to the conference finals. And they've lost without DeAndre Hunter, which it sucks because they could really use another they're at no Cam Reddish, no DeAndre Hunter, one less body to throw at Giannis. I personally I, I want Phoenix to win. I want Chris Paul to get a chip. I think it would be awesome because especially what they went. 8-0 in the bubble last year, and they didn't – and, like, you could see the improvements they're making. They add Chris Paul. They add the veteran leadership. I think you see that rise, and it's great. But um, if I had to pick who I think is going to win, I think after getting through Milwaukee – or getting through Brooklyn, I think Milwaukee is going to have – is going to be playing with so much confidence, um, playing with – really, I mean, they've got – would you say they've got the best – well, if you take Kawhi out, would you say that Kawhi they've out. got the best player left? I mean, I guess so. It's hard not to pick like D Book, Trey Young. Who are we missing? He's got an MVP. That's I guess my I guess that's my thing. But yeah, so yeah, I, I, if Heart 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 wants uh, Heart wants Phoenix head is saying Milwaukee right now, but um, we just enjoy basketball while we have it until we get to uh, Ohio Bobcats and the TBT coming up here in, in July. And in Columbus. Love to see it. Never, you know, who would have ever thought it's going to be great to move to Columbus for basketball? Boom. Um, all right. That's it for episode 82. We'll see you next week on episode 83. Keep the ball bouncing. Lately I've been feeling like this what I've been working towards If you ain't trying to be the boss and tell me what you working for Certain doors are closed but now they opening up Celebrating with some shots, maybe poke on a cup Pulls, lust, rust, souls up next and I got this Crazy like Britney and the love so toxic Got a wall up, I'm trying to infiltrate a conscious Taking 12 shots like where the cops is, come on